Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the madness of March and Marchness of Mad and whatnot fantastic it's pretty exciting i'm i've not quite forgotten the disappointment and actual just complete letdown of the big 12 tourney because i i I had to even look up to see who won the thing i really didn't care once tech was out i never watched a second of the rest of it i'm with you i i I, I think it was texas oklahoma state that played but i couldn't tell you who won it pretty sure texas won um, I say I had to look it up, but then when I looked it up, apparently it didn't even lock in my memory. So that's where I'm at today. I'm ready to just, we'll have to talk about it some, but I'm ready to move forward to the Utah state Aggies. How are you, man? Man, I'm good. So we'll, we'll talk about it, uh, here towards the end when we talk about baseball, I went to the game Monday, Monday morning. First pitch was at 10 o'clock. Yes, you were there bright and early. Bright, bright. I was no, it was bright and early. Uh, I was there for first pitch, barely, but I had to get some work done. You know, Monday morning stuff. Um, that was good, man. It's good day, good fun day at the ballpark. I know, so much fun, so much fun for that uh, final inning. We'll we'll talk about that some more. We'll definitely talk about that. I did get my. Uh, it's it's like ceremonial, uh, rite of passage for me. The first baseball game of the spring is my first sunburn of the year and I welcomed it. I was trying to avoid it. I trying, I didn't put any sunscreen on. Not, I mean, so that, like, it's not like it's like, I'm going to the game. Like, yeah, here we go. I'm going to get sunburned. It just like happens. I'm just not back in the rhythm of carrying sunscreen with me to the ballpark and all that kind of stuff. And I've never been there in the morning. So it's like, I'm not even sure what to expect. Sun was right in my face. So that was fun. <laughs> I kept having to turn like 90 degrees to try to even out my, 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 my sides. Cause like 15 minutes in, I could like, I could feel half my, I just like slapped them. Like <laughs> I could feel one half of my face getting really hot. I was like, it's a little early for that, but here we go. So I, I kept turning, you know, the one thing that's right in the middle of my face is my nose. It got pretty toasty. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, man. Uh, if you follow us on the social, then you would have seen, I posted a picture of the ballpark that morning. It was perfect day. Um, if you want to jump in on that, follow us, especially as we're getting ready for the big dance. You can follow the show on Twitter at 23 personnel. It's two, three personnel. You can follow me, Spencer at punts suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And also on Instagram where we post fun little pictures of the stadiums that we're at or uh little um snippets from the show 
23 personnel podcast. Um, we're not going to beat your ears in, right? Is, is that a thing with podcasts about home field? Except I forgot to mention the great piece that Brian wrote to accompany the launch of the Texas Tech home field apparel line that went up on Staking the Plains. Obviously, if you're finding us through Staking the Plains, you know about this, but if you're not, go check out Staking the Plains from last Tuesday, no, Monday, the 8th. Brian wrote the good brand E as his little, um, his Tiki Tech special number nine. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, during the last COVID year, friend and contributor to Staking the Plains, Brian has been experimenting with tiki drinks and has been posting several of them. So he's got a running list of recipes and this tiki tech special, he decided to call home field magic number nine as, and as Spencer said, AKA the good brand D in honor of home field. It of course has brandy in it and it is labeled number nine because this was his ninth attempt. So if you enjoy brandy and or tiki drinks and or just trying new things, go ahead and check it out because our man, our man took nine tries to get this right. He did this for you. Did it for you. You know what else we have for you guys? When you're checking out home field, be sure to cop your 23 personnel discount code. 23 personnel at checkout gets you 15% off on your first order. So like we said, we've got basketball to talk about. We've got the tournament coming up. We're going to recap briefly the disappointment of losing in the first round of the Big 12 tournament again. Get you set for all three of your possible opponents going into this first weekend and then get you to baseball. Um, from rare dead stock to the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is a place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing in partnership with eBay armchair media, who is our host company will be raffling off four custom made pairs of sneaks. Each purchase you make before March 31st through eBay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a one of one pair of air force one low tops. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to at armchair media on Twitter or Instagram. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. NBA is in full swing. College basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. Go Texas Tech. The tournament is coming, and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest, as Bet Online is the spot for all of your bracketology needs. That's a hundred grand, people. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Michael, you know, you know, I thought about doing a 23 personnel podcast bracket challenge group. Yeah. But then I realized I'm going to be in so many other ones and I've got my attention going in 18 different directions. Like this past week, I would not have had time to set this up and mess with it at all. I've yet to fill out a bracket this year. I've, I've got to work on that. <laughs> I've been, I filled out one and I, I, I got to the end. I was like, Nope, don't like that. <laughs> Cause I think I had like West Virginia making it through. I was like, well, how did, how did I do that? That's gross. That's gross. No, I was like, no, 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 no you no. got to fix that. <laughs> I was like, Oh, they play Indiana. I, I think Indiana could go in that game. Okay. 
<laughs> we'll adjust that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, so I'm not going to be huge in the brackets, but there are plenty of groups. I know our guys over at Ramblin' Raiders have a group, so check that out. If you are into filling out a million brackets, which I normally would be, I just can't. Just can't do it. Just can't. Just, there's only so many brackets we can handle at once. And, you know, Joey Brackets has got you all set up. I, I'm just kidding. Uh, anyways, basketball brackets. Michael, let's hoop it up. Already. Here comes Stevenson. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. excited about updating that with some of our newest highlights agree i hope we make it far enough to get the kevin harlan experience coveted kevin harlan kevin harlan stuff we need some more one thing i noticed um was that Jarrett culver steal and dunk well it, it, he didn't steal it but the dunk at the kansas game a couple years ago they stole it from uh, mccormick who is the player that basically kept Kansas out of the big 12 tournament this weekend going uh, down with the COVID or contact tracing. I was like, wow, look at that. That guy. Way to go. That's about as uh, related to that steal and dunk and whatnot as everyone talking about Matt Wells having once coached football at Utah state. But apparently he and, and the head coach are, are were besties in the one year they were up there together. So well, and a lot can happen in a year. I did hear an interview with the voice of the Aggies. I can't remember his name, but he was making a lot of strong comparisons to their coach, to Chris Beard. It's like, no, 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 there's only one. <laughs> All right. So big 12 tournament happened this past weekend. Texas tech slid up into the sixth seed. That's a, 
that's a thread to follow. Two different tournaments. Um, or I guess they slid up into the sixth seed for Big 12, slid back into the sixth seed in the NCAA tournament. Anyways, you missed out on the opening set of games where you would have been the seven versus the 10. You get that by air quotes by to take on the three seed Texas. And I don't, I don't know what to say. Cause it was frustrating. You were up 10 twice late. Yeah. And you lost they, this game. They lost the game. The Texas tech just flat out lost it. Um, you know, the, the three, the, oh my gosh, the free throws were terrible. They were 12 of 20, I believe on free throws. Um, Kyler Edwards, which I'm glad he was shooting, but he was ice cold two for 11 McClung. uh, Everybody kept making a big deal about how, you know, how little McClung was able to account for, but he was three for eight. I mean, he was doing better than Edwards was at least from the field without Shannon somehow scoring 18 on four of six, no four of seven threes tech wouldn't have even been in the game. That was, that was probably one of the most bizarre things. Yeah. All of these things happened, yet somehow Shannon drained four threes. Yeah, so I think the biggest stat here, though, are, and there's going to be two of them, I'm going to kind of tie them together. Texas Tech did not score a single point in the final four minutes of the game. Oof. Four minutes. I, I know Chris Beer likes to break down games into four-minute sections. You lost that one. Texas when obviously with when you don't when you score when you don't score for four minutes any kind of run um, is significant. But Texas went in a six zero run, the final minute forty eight of the game to beat you by one. So you had a five point lead less than two minutes to go. Yeah, I've got I've got one more stat to mention. Ooh, let's hear it. Okay, back to the three points again. Texas came into the game averaging thirty five percent from three. They shot 42% against Tech. And is to make that the- even worse, I think it was... Oh, no, it was about the same. I, they were really kind of on fire for a, a bit, maybe the first 10 or 15 minutes of the second half, and then they cooled off a little bit. So it ended up being pretty much 42% each half. So, the, you know, they shot seven, per, 7 percentage points better than they normally do against Tech. Whether that's luck, whether that's defense, I don't know. But just another thing to to point towards an ugly loss that just slipped away. I mean, Tech should have come out with a win on this. They they were ahead several times, like you mentioned. Just unable to to keep any sort of offense going. I know that Beard was uh, playing with lineups a little bit. PV didn't start. Shannon did. Shannon did that yeah. was kind of interesting. Um, you know, they said that uh, Burton might be available, but he never played. So I'm assuming he's available for the tournament, uh, the capital T tournament, the big one. But just another disappointing first round, which is just another reason to not have this tournament. <laughs> because Texas Tech does not perform well in this tournament. No, Let's they don't play, play well in it. That's, I'm saying it kind of tongue in cheek, but I really i am tired of watching them lose at the first round every year. And on top of all the COVID stuff, and sure enough, it reared its ugly head after we had our podcast last week. We yep. mentioned that this was kind of a scary thing to do right before the NCAA tournament and risk all this kind of stuff. And sure enough, Kansas had an issue and we're, you know, everybody's fortunate. It wasn't worse than it was, but just one of those things. It was it really worth it. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm sure Phillips 66 was, was happy about it, but 
We'll see. So going back to your three point thing, just really quickly to wrap that up, you tracked it for all of the big 12 games. Texas tech on average allowed teams to shoot 4% better against them than their season averages, which doesn't sound like a lot, but there were games where you had opponents shooting. uh, Let's see. There's a 52%, 63%, 50%, 63%. Yeah. These are teams shooting threes, not, not, not free throws, but threes hitting at nearly 70%. You can't, you can't let that happen. Insanity. Especially now that you're going into the tournament, because you're going to, you're going to find teams like a Utah state. And I don't, I don't have the stats pulled up on them that may be in the position they're in because they can get hot from three. And you I have some can't. good news on that. Oh, it sounds like they sort don't, of, but I don't know if we're ready to roll into the Utah state preview a little bit. I, I honestly, I admittedly don't have as much for Colgate and Arkansas. I didn't want to count too many chickens before they hatched. So I just kind of focus a little bit on Utah state. So Texas tech on selection Sunday goes into the sixth seed um, in that bracket, which includes Baylor. Sure. You excited about that one? No, <laughs> not at all. Even if tech was able to get to that point. So let's, that, that's, that's, that's a, that's the really tough, uh, tough team to play. That's, that was one of the 63 percenters you just mentioned yeah. that happened the last time tech played Baylor just right before, uh, the big 12 tourney. Yeah. And a game that, you know, at what was it like 10 minutes left in the game? You had a lead, like you were feeling pretty good. You were in it. Anyways, yes. so that this uh, this division is this side of the bracket, the South bracket, even though everybody's going to be together, uh, features Baylor as the one seed, Ohio State as the two seed. Sorry, this is not listed in order. Arkansas as the three, Purdue as the four. You've played them several times. Villanova as the five. You're obviously the six. Florida is a seven. You've got history with them. It's on a roll there. North Carolina as the eight. Wisconsin as the nine. <laughs> um, you're, you're not likely to play Virginia Tech as the 11. Utah State, sorry. Virginia Tech is a 10. Utah State is the 11. Winthrop is the 12. North Texas. I'm sorry. These are like <laughs> microscopic on this screen. I don't know why I haven't tried to zoom in first. Anyways. <laughs> I know North, I could see you squinting. You like just kept moving towards the screen. Yeah. North Texas, 13 Colgate, 14 oral Robert Roberts, 15 Hartford, 16. So your path would include it. You wouldn't face Baylor until the, Elite eight. Correct. Which is something, but your path would include um, Utah state, which will be Friday, Friday afternoon, barely 1245. And then you get the winner of Arkansas Colgate. And then you'd play the winner between Florida, Virginia tech and the winner of Ohio state or Roberts. Anyways. So Utah state's up first. You get them, like I said, Friday, 1245 on TNT. 
They, I made an executive decision today and decided to take Friday afternoon off work. Good for you. I'm, yeah. The timing just worked out. Um, I have Friday afternoons on all of my, cal- like on my work calendar just blocked off for perpetuitude. <laughs> Perpe- the for, <laughs> the foreseeable future. <laughs> for every Friday afternoon. Um, I've also blocked off like every day at three so I can go pick up the, the first grader. Utah State, first up, um, if you look at Ken Palm, they are the 40th ranked team. So little pucker factor there. They're not as low as an 11 seed as you would hope. It's kind of the thing I was kind of, I was talking about last week when you talk about the 5-12, type matchups, the, those teams are going to be, they're going to seem like they're a lot worse off than they are in terms of their seeding, just because of the conference they play in um good thing though the matchup here between your defense and their offense is staggering yes your defense ranks 24th in the country to their 112th ranked offense your your offense is 33rd but they have a a couple point advantage on defense their eighth ranked defense well, and their offense is is all through seven foot. I mean, he is he's a legit seven foot center. Winnie And he let's see, he averaged this season he averaged a double double, my friend. He averaged fifteen points a game, ten rebounds a game. He's got three point two blocks per game, which is good for third in the entire country. Of course. He's played he's played every single game. He's got the almost the most minutes on the team averages about 30 minutes a game. The other staggering thing about him field goal percentage, 57, no 55.7%. Now yeah. granted, he's probably shooting a lot of stuff pretty close to the, to the rim and or hand forcefully throws it through the rim. I, I wish they'd come up with a word for that, but he is definitely a worry but I think he's about their um, their their biggest weapon from three, which has been a definite issue with Tech. They average thirty three point six percent from three, just as a team. So I'm not as worried about that. But who knows? I mean, Tech only aver- I mean Texas only averages thirty five. I say only. That's still pretty darn good. That's a good for I think third in the Big Twelve. But Tech still allowed them to shoot forty two the other day. So I am a little worried because, you know, Tech may be doubling Kata a little bit, might have some some guys open on the outside that can hit a few shots. Uh, Kata's pretty good with assists. He's got a couple per game. I saw some good highlights of him slinging the ball across the court. So he's he's very aware of that. And it's just amazing how much the guy can move with one step. Well, when the- he really he really knows how to use his pivot foot and just shift around people. And the next thing you know, he has dunked on you and you fouled him to try to stop him. And, and you don't know why you've done it. It's yeah. too late. <laughs> so Quaida here, uh, you said plays nearly 30 minutes a game, leads the team in points, 15 points, 10 rebounds. So he, he averages a double double. Only person on the team even close to that. Maybe the forward, Justin Bean, who is just over 11 points and just over seven rebounds. Um, also, at least for a center is way up there in terms of assists. Like you said, he's good at finding 
guys as uh, as the defense t- tries to crash in on him. It's good for one steal a game, more than three blocks a game. Field goal percentage north of 55%, 71% from the line. So even that's not like a great spot. Yeah. 0% from three, which means he doesn't take any threes. Yeah, I think he took two for the year. <laughs> He's like just testing it out like, well, I'm wide open. Nobody's coming. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I, I, I don't like to see the team leader being a seven footer because that's something that you've uh, you you struggled with this past season, but then you look around, um, you know, the big 12 and the, the big guys you've had to defend like Brown at Texas and McCormick at Kansas and Culver at West Virginia. Um, you're like, well, I mean, we've got some experience. So like seeing somebody like this won't be the, it won't be the first time you've seen an offense trying to go through a big guy, but you know, I, even though he leads in team in points, I don't think he can beat you. So if Great. you kind of, I, I agree. If you can kind of focus like, yes, help defense for him, but like limit some other people. Don't let Bean and Marco Anthony, that one of their guards uh, go off for 15, 17 points to go along with Queda. You should find yourself um, winning this game. Now, right. I say that. Um, you look like with Texas, don't let Jones and Coleman go off for 30 combined or Fabra is the guy who's barely played and was coming back from an injury, go off for 15. You know, they, they did a decent job, uh, you know, keeping Sims kind of in check, but, but yeah, just, I'm with you. You know, that's, that's one of those things where if you focus too much on Kata, then he's he's going to find someone else who can, who can probably hurt you. Yeah. And I, I, there was, there was something else I wanted to mention about, about this game is if we had a crystal ball, we could have seen this team play in Lubbock in January back when New Mexico was not, um, not allowing other people in the state. They, they actually played New Mexico on a Wednesday and a Friday of the first week of January here in Lubbock and beat the trash out of them. 77, 45, 82 to 46. Yikes. And that seems like that's what the mountain West did this year is they, they kind of played series. They, they doubled up. They played, you know, they played each team twice about two nights apart. Um, and you know, the mountain West is not the strongest of conferences, you know, 28 record. I don't want to put that down too much, but you know, they lost to, VCU, they lost to South Dakota State. They lost to BYU, although it was a really close one. You know, they they handled Mountain West pretty well, but lost to Colorado State and UNLV. Um, lost both to Boise State somehow, but just not the strongest conference. No, and New Mexico is not what, what they used to be. They, they used to be a pretty good basketball school. Yes, definitely. If you look at Haslametrics and their projections, their predictions, um, even for all three possible opponents, you're favored to win any of those matchups. Um, but they're going to be nail biters. Yeah, they're going to be close. This one versus Utah State is the largest at three points. <laughs> right. You, you, if you get, uh, if Colgate somehow knocks off Arkansas and you play them, you're only favored to win this by like a point and a half. 
Yeah. And did you mention, I, I'm sorry, I think I kind of cut you off as you were going through the Ken Palm ratings with Utah State. Uh, I believe you talked about the, you know, tech has the advantage on offense, but on defense, I mean, Utah State is ranked number eight in the country on defense, according to Ken Palm and Tech's at 24. So they still have the advantage technically, you know, a 33 offense versus an eight defense. And then, you know, Tech having a 24 defense versus 112 offense. So there's still the, the advantage to Tech there. But I, I mean, like Kata is a block machine. He's, he's going to be able to, to hold the lane really well. And they, they must do a lot of other things well defensively to have that high of a ranking. Uh, you know, the grain of salt because Loyola Chicago is ranked number one in Kim Palm's ratings. And I bet if they went against Baylor, they would have trouble. <laughs> trouble. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to kind of take grain of salt on that, but just point out the fact that their defense is, is not just, I mean, they, it's going to be pretty formidable. So I, I, I would bet this, would be a low scoring game fifties, maybe low sixties. Yeah. Um, assuming you get through this, I would, I would, I would expect to play Arkansas on Sunday. Um, I couldn't find game times or anything. I just know it will be Sunday. The problem or not the problem. Well, the interesting thing about playing Arkansas is if you look at their Ken Palm ratings, that it's almost identical to you. Like you, you talk about having a close game. Um, Ken Palm, the, the Arkansas, the team overall is ranked 18th, whereas uh, Ken Palm has you 23rd. They are the 35th best offense to your 33rd, 14th best defense to your 24th, but they play way faster. Oh, yeah. 73 possessions to your 65, 17th in terms of tempo, which says something, if they're playing that fast and their defense is that good, um, that maybe the defense is helping push their tempo. They're not kind of sitting back. They're going after things. Um, but yeah, like technically again, according to Haslametrics, you would be favored in this game by less than a point, <laughs> right? Point nine. Um, but my goodness, like all three of these games, all three of these opponents would would give really good, close matchups to Texas Tech. Yes. I, I'm not going to be surprised at all to see Tech struggle against Utah State. I, I still am going to say I'd be surprised if they lost because I believe outside of Kata, you know, if, if you're able to contain him and then just keep the other guys from beating you, as you pointed out, Tech can come out with a win here. Uh, you know, big thing here, make your free throws, guys. I don't know why that's been such a an up and down issue all season. Make the free throws, get to the line. You know, maybe get Kate in foul trouble because he likes to go for those blocks. He's very good at it. And uh, he's, he's a smart player, but maybe go right at him. That might be a good solution there. Maybe don't let McClung do it. Yeah. Because I think he's going to throw a floater up there and then Kate is going <laughs> to going to throw it out of the stadium. But if, you know, maybe Shannon goes for it, McCuller, PV, yeah, one of those guys can drive in <laughs> and um, get a little bit of air and maybe force, force Kata to jump a little bit and get out of position. But no, I don't, I, you were, you were already kind of hinting at like the 
Mountain West not being a very good basketball conference. And I'm sure like when you see somebody as imposing as Katie, you're like, well, if we can just get him out of the game, right? I think sure. he averages like two fouls a game. I know. He's well, only I mean, fouled out minutes, twice. He has some of the most minutes on the team. I mean, there's he's obviously able to stay in. So I, that's why I'm saying I think he's I think he's pretty smart. So that may not be a very good strategy. <laughs> Maybe one to investigate a few times and then um you know, when he swats it to the stands, you kind of go, All right, well, let's let's try something else. Yeah, he's uh he's averaging two point four fouls per game. <laughs> That's really good. That's some smart basketball for how much he's playing for. Yeah. For the 30 minutes. Like if you were to look at, uh, let's say PV from February or January <laughs> or Nadolny or Nadolny for his Nadolny's like five or six minutes per minute has to be the highest on the team. Um, which is more saying just, ben he PV. doesn't play a lot of minutes, but he doesn't, but when he gets in, man, he is, he he's is all aggressive. In. He's aggressive. It's very aggressive. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 definitely looking forward to it. There there is all, all kinds of things, um, I guess just adjacent to the games actually happening on the court. Like, you know, all the teams have to be quarantined up there. I I, I don't know when Texas Tech traveled up there, but I know Texas left the Big Twelve tournament and just went straight up there. Oh wow! Um, and suppose like they've been just sitting in their hotel rooms, like can't leave, can't go outside. It's like. I mean, I'm, I'm sure with travel, having played in the last game and then trying to get up there to do all their quarantine stuff and there, it wouldn't have made much more sense to go home first or whatever. But this is one of those things where like, you're going to be kind of in this bubble, like we saw in the NBA last summer until you lose. So the mm-hmm. longer you're in it, the more you've been isolated, um, which who does this affect? How does it affect the teams? Like do the guys not necessarily Texas tech, but just like players in general, do they lose focus because they're so much removed from their routine, their normalcy, like. Well, especially the, the guys from Texas, if they went from Kansas city up there, I mean, they, they're going to be gone for three solid weeks. Yeah. And you're like, there's not much else to do. There's not much they're they're allowing you to do in the NCAA outside of play your games. Like, you know, previously it was, you could go down to like the ballroom and hold hold like a practice, whatever. I don't think they're letting teams do that. Like you've got very specific times where you can get out and go to the courts and for meetings, for film study, all that kind of stuff. But I think it's so scripted now, like there's going to be a lot of downtime. How does that play into people playing? Who knows? It, it'll be, it'll be a weird tournament. Let's just say that. Cause I don't, there's going to be no fans, right? Uh, not that I know of aside from, I thought, I thought they could invite family. Yeah. So I thought there was a limited number of family that could come, but that may have been something I read weeks ago and that may be completely out of the, out of the question now. NCAA to allow limited fan attendance division one. This was as of, February up to 25% as you know, like I said, as, as recent as February 19th was a month ago. So Michael thoughts, predictions for the game on Friday. Officially lock it in. Officially. Officially. I'm going to say the tech wins. 
but I, I don't think we're going to like it. I think it's going to be kind of one of those ugly games and we're going to need Kyler Edwards. That's, that's what it's going to come down to. He's I've, I've really been impressed with how much he's been commanding the ball lately. Sure. He was cold last game against Texas two for 11, like we mentioned before, but he was shooting. I'm, I'm happy. For, I'm happy for that. I'm happy when McClung and Edwards are shooting, even if they're not making it because especially with Edwards, he's a difference maker. So I envision kind of an ugly game, but hopefully Edwards comes through 11, 12 points is, is kind of the difference maker there with some big shots and techs. I'm going to go ahead and say that I believe I saw the spread at four and a half. I'm going to say tech covers and it'd be something like 61 to 58. That's not a cover. Oh, no, you're right. <laughs> That's why no. <laughs> Um, 61 to who's 56. Counting. Yeah. There's, okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, it would make me nervous to put my eggs in like expecting somebody to step up that we have been hesitant about for a while. Right. Sure. I know that we've seen Kyler Edwards kind of make his return, um, here late in the season, which is better than saying I'm expecting a big game from PV or, um, I need 25 from Shannon or, I need 20 from McClung. has got to come off the bench and give me 11. <laughs> I need 20 from McClung who hasn't done that in feels like a month. Right. Right. Um, I, I, I think really, I know that these Ken Palm and has metrics are supposed to be adjusted for opponents. I just think your talent and skill level is going to be just that much better than what Utah state has seen. You're just going to be just that much better. Yes. I'm going to take Texas tech to win. If the line's at four and a half, let me say Utah State covers at like, okay. I don't know, 65, 61, 65, like a three, four point game. You want to talk X factors? I want to see a Marcus Santos, Silva, Tyreek Smith lineup. Put them in together. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I know it's not. I want to see, you know what? I want to see a Marcos Santos Silva dunk. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I think I saw one this year. Gosh, what about that? Okay, I know we're we're about to move on, but can we talk briefly about the Nadalny dunk that didn't count? Did you see that thing? Is it was it the, uh, against Texas? I believe it was against Texas. I almost leapt out of my seat. Yes, he just yes, he just came out of nowhere. It because he got I think he got mauled on the way to the basket, but he was already too late. I mean, he wasn't doing it to be flashy or anything. It was just. That was his plan. And he threw it down from like halfway f- in the lane. How tall is Nadalny? Like 6'4? Uh, I don't think he's that tall. I think he's like 6'2, maybe. Let me Holy look it up. Holy crap. That was ins- I wish that would have I wish that would have counted. That might have been like a highlight reel thing. That was one of the best plays of the game. 6'3. 6'3. Man. Let's split the difference. I'm, I'm pretty high on Nadalny. I I I like him. I I just I like his fire, I like his effort. He's he's a fun kid to watch. anyway, that's all I've that's all I've I want I would love so you've got Utah State winning. I mean covering but not winning, and I've right. got tech winning and covering, but it's gonna be ugly and we're all gonna afterwards be going like, Oh my gosh, how are they gonna win Sunday? <laughs> yeah, and and it really depends on how you look Friday, uh d- determining how I'm gonna feel about Sunday. 
let me just say right now in my in my little Texas Tech rose-colored glasses hearts here, I've got you losing on Sunday. Eey, oof. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful for a win on Sunday to at least advance to the Sweet 16. That's just kind of was my goal at the beginning of the season, so I'm going to stick with it despite the fact that I do not like this Arkansas matchup at all, if that's who comes out of that game. Yeah. So Friday, 1245 TNT. Get your TVs, your, your apps, your NCAA basketball tournament app streaming setup ready to go. So when lunch comes around, you'd be like, I'm out. I've got something to do. You know what else you can do, Michael? What's that, Spencer? You can check out betonline.ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. NBA is in full swing. We have obviously been talking a lot about the NCAA tournament. Tournament is coming. So is the $100,000 bracket madness contest as BetOnline is the spot to be is the spot to be for all of your bracketology needs. I can't read, apparently. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ig, your online sportsbook experts. Spencer, I'd like to tell you about eBay sneakers from Rare Deadstock. To the latest release, you can find the exact sneaker you're looking for on eBay. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. In partnership with eBay, Armchair Media, that's us, will be raffling off four custom-made sneakers. That's four. F-O-U-R. Each purchase you make before March 31st, so we're running out of time here, people, through ebay.com slash sneakers will enter you into a drawing for a one-of-one pair of Air Force One low tops. Just send a screenshot of your purchase to at Armchair Media, or you can send it to us at 23Personnel on Twitter or Instagram, and we will get you entered into that drawing. All right. So with that, Michael, let's, uh, let's talk some baseball. Yay! Left field, well struck, Desloni. Picks it up on a Speaking of that game versus Oklahoma State or that series, 
going back to the 2019 Super Regionals, this four-game series you just wrapped up versus UConn, probably one of your better lead-in series to Big 12 play you could have asked for. UConn yes. was a very good and talented team, gave you all you could handle for three of, or all four of those games. <laughs> Let's be honest. You won uh, two, you won three, nope, hold on. You run. You won two one-run games, one two-run game where you gave up 13 runs. The only comfortable game you had was Saturday, but even that was close for longer than you would have wanted it to be. Going back, though, to last week, Wednesday, you finished off Gonzaga, your second game, Wednesday night, five to four. So if you go back, to the Tuesday game versus Gonzaga, you won both of those games five to four. A UConn game by one. A Monday night, Monday morning game by one. So of the last six games you've played, you've won four of them by one run. I yeah. like to, I like to be on that side of the one run games than the opposite. Right. It's it's kind of the opposite of the basketball team. <laughs> yeah, you've had some uh, late heroics, whether it was on offense or defense over those games, especially on offense Monday, which we'll get to that in a little bit. Wednesday, like I said, you got five to four um, versus Gonzaga. Really started with, let's see, Chase Hampton was your starting pitcher that day. Um, and then you, you, you ran out Three other guys, Hayde Key, who has just been lights out for you. Ryan Sublette and Connor Queen gets the save. Hey, uh, sorry, Chase Hampton goes four innings, gives up four hits, only one run. Um, Hayde Key comes in for an inning and two thirds, two hits, two runs. Ryan Sublette goes three full innings, only gives up two hits. And Connor Queen comes in to give the final out. And he faces one batter to close it down on Wednesday. Then you, uh, you welcomed UConn in for a four game series Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Friday afternoon. It got moved up. You ran I'm really, out. you know, I'm sorry to interrupt that, but I'm just really impressed that they got all these games in with the weird weather that was it's, going around Friday and Saturday. Yeah, there, there was, there was rain. It, it was the worst Friday. The The weather was the worst Friday night. Um, there yes. were actually tornadoes in the area. We have uh, some family that live up in Abernathy. They were like in their basement. They, they yes. had a bit. There was a tornado. There's a line of storms basically going from like shallow water up to Abernathy that were producing tornadoes Friday evening. The, they moved the game up to 2 PM. Got this game in. Um, they moved the Saturday game up to 2 p.m. Got that in. There was a, a little weather delay in the Saturday game. And then played in a blustery game on Sunday. And then yeah. Monday was beautiful. It was the best best weather of the weekend. Um, in terms of that game on Friday, like I said, you ran out Brandon Birdsell, who ended up getting your win that day. Um, he went six full innings. This is his longest uh, appearance so far this season. Four hits, only one run. 
So guys that we were thinking of, um, you know, if Micah Dallas was going to make that return back to the weekend rotation, which he didn't end up doing this weekend, we thought he may get to start on Monday and then get prepared to, to kind of move back into that role for the start of big 12 play this upcoming weekend. Bertzel said, not so fast. My friend goes six innings, four hits, one run, three walks, five strikeouts, handed the ball over to Andrew divine who went another two full innings, no hits on one run. No, none earned. There was that one walk that was able to get around. Brendan Gurton came in, did not record an out. Derek Bridges came in for one third of an inning. Connor Queen gets his second save in as many games. Finishes the final two thirds of an inning, one hit, no runs. So let's see who was, who was doing damage for you on the bases. You had, um, Conley picked up three RBIs, uh, you know, and, and then of your four runs, Conley was responsible for three of them. And then you had a, a throwing error, which led to your one unearned run, which was the fourth. So Brandon Bertzel, um, Maybe holding down that Friday spot, at least for the foreseeable future, because when Micah Dallas did come in this weekend, it was in high leverage relief situations. He came in mm-hmm. when he come in Saturday or Sunday. Let's. He came in Saturday. Yes, I'm on Saturday. Sorry, I got, I got so many windows open Saturday. Uh, the game I was I, I had tickets for. I was most looking forward to this because I wanted to go see. Patrick Monteverdi pitch. He's human. He's human. This is his roughest he outing. He revealed that he's, he's human today, this weekend. Yeah. So he goes only five innings only because he had done seven innings, both of his previous two starts. Gives up four hits, three runs, two earned. So it took him 21 innings of work to give up his first earned run. Still no walks, four strike. not still no walks, but no walks on Saturday, four strikeouts on 81 pitches. So it was a little more um, inefficient because he allowed several runners. Hey, key comes back in. He goes an inning for you. Eli Reekman, Micah Dallas comes in, goes two full innings there in the seventh and eighth only gives up one hit to two, two strikeouts. And then Jamie hit comes in and closes it down. Gives up one hit, one strikeout. Um, Monteverdi. Yeah, man. It's like, I'm, I, I said, I really wanted to go to this game. I wanted to see him pitch. Um, this is the game that was most in, in question with the weather. Cause it was a 2 PM start. My weather app said like thunderstorms starting at like three o'clock and four o'clock. Yes. I was like, I don't want to get all the way out there for the game. Like for them to get two or three innings in and like shut it down. They, I believe got no rain. And had only a, the one lightning delay. Right. Patrick Monteverdi does end up picking up the win. He moves to three and zero on the season. Texas tech scored three runs in the first inning several times this weekend, Saturday, uh, they, they notched three in the first one in the second. And then they put it away in the sixth or in the eighth. Sorry. When they scored six runs. So, Going into the eighth with the bottom of the eighth with you batting, it was tied three, three. 
sorry, three, you were up three, four. Yeah. Like one run four, lead. Three, yeah. One run lead, bottom of the eighth. And then you put up six runs. It's like, nope, this game's over. Sunday, um, you come out, you win the series behind Ryan Sublet, who is not your starter, but does end up getting the win. You started Mason Montgomery, who went four and a third. Unfortunately, gave up seven hits, four runs. All four of those were earned. Ryan Sublet comes in for just an inning and two thirds, but that's when you did your damage to retake the lead. Other guys you saw on the mound, Derek Bridges, Eric, Andrew Devine, Nick Gorby, Connor Queen comes in for a third of an inning to get his third save in like four games. Um, I think was it was Sunday when you had so many hit by pitches, I believe. Yes, it was Sunday. And then I think there were a few more on, on yeah. Monday, but actually I think tech may have hit some people on Monday, but you had, but yeah, it was Sunday. You had seven hit by pitches by six different players. Drew Baker <sighs> took one. Jace Young took one. Dylan noisy took two. Romback had one. Fulford had one. Masters had one. And it wasn't against like their, their strong pitcher. So like, it wasn't intentional. Obviously this was, they were at the end of their bullpen. Essentially they were having command issues. It wasn't like they were beaming guys in the head or in the upper shoulders, whatever. It was just like losing command. Yes. But it was like, man, like you hit seven guys. Like I want to see a tech pitcher go out there and just bean some money on purpose. <laughs> Not what happened. Um, Jace young hits his big 12 leading seventh home run on Sunday. Um, pushes he's he went three for four on Sunday. His average is like second or third in the conference up there. Your team average has dipped a little bit. Your team number of strikeouts is way up there. Um, Keith assures me it's nothing to be worried about. But I was like, oh, man, when like half of you're at bats and 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 strikeouts, I don't know, I don't like it. But you win this game. 15 to 13 on Sunday you scored in every single inning. You sent a batter up to the plate two in the first one in the second three in the third two in the fourth two in the fifth one in the sixth one in the seventh and three in the eighth. But UConn plated eight runs in their final three innings. Yes. Including four in the top of the ninth. And that was really kind of pucker time right there. Yeah. Going into that top of the ninth, you were up 15 to nine. They were able to play four. You're like, what is going on? Don't screw this up. No, no, no. That happens Monday. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. As much as I said, like it was a beautiful day. Um, And it was great. It was a lot of fun. It was like really intense in terms of like the competition. One of those weird days where like at first pitch, it was cold. It was 46 degrees. Like it was a cold morning sitting in the sun felt much hotter. <laughs> there was yes. very little wind. It felt like, but there's some breeze. Um, the game goes almost a full four hours. You did get uh, one extra inning. You went into the 10th. Chase Hampton was your starter here goes three full innings. And then you went like everybody else who may have a P next to their name on the roster. You had Brady Lejeune and Diacuntis came in for one and two thirds inning. Levi Wells for a third of an inning. Brandon Beckel made an appearance, gave up no hits, but a run. 
um, on no innings pitched <laughs> officially. He did not record an out. Josh Sanders came in and really seemed to steady the ship there. Two innings, Chase Webster, Brandon Gurton through the final three innings. The problem is though, so UConn scores first in the top of the second. They put up two. You reply bottom of the second uh, and get one run. Go scoreless next three innings. In the sixth, UConn plates one. You return one. In the seventh, you finally take the lead. UConn plates one more. So they're up four to two. And then you get four guys across the bottom of the seventh to go six two. Like, no, I'm sorry. Six. No, four. you're right. It's six, four, six, four. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> nobody scores in the eighth. Yukon is able to tie it up top of the ninth two nothing. You don't really, um, you don't really get close in the ninth. So you push it onto the 10th. Unfortunately, Yukon scores two in the top of the 10th, but then some magic happened. Um, I don't even know like when you would ever see this again, if ever. And I, I, I don't want to like discount it because it was UConn. I did say they were a good team, but what happens in the bottom of the 10th is you get their pitcher who's been in there for quite a while. I think it was two and two thirds, two and two thirds. He was one of the longest guys. Well, he in finished there. two and two thirds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he threw, what was it? Six pitches <laughs> in the 10th. <laughs> And gave up three runs. Um, What happened is in the 10th, you send up Nate Rombach, um, who on a 1-0 pitch crushes it to left center field. John Harris on the TV call, like as the ball is leaving his best, like that one's not coming back. Yes. (laughs) They're not bringing that one back. He completely called that the second it hit. Um, Cal Conley comes up on his... Fourth pitch. So through two, two batters, the pitcher has thrown six pitches on his sixth pitch. Conley's fourth. He hits more of a line drive, but it clears the fence. He hits another solo home run. Um, I'm sitting with who apparently was Patrick Monteverdi's family who was in town for the game this weekend for the, the series. It was hilarious in the ninth inning, the pitcher for UConn, the same guy that, that is struggling here, the 10th, when he got a runner on, he goes um, to the stretch. And as he's preparing to deliver the pitch, he's got the sign. He comes back in. He taps his front foot. And it was always a different number of toe taps. They picked up on it super quickly. And they were counting it, but like yelling it back to him. Like, one, two, three. No, it's not enough. They were all, they always had a comment based on the number of toe taps. It was either not enough or he wasn't in rhythm or like, one I could hear that through the radio, but I didn't really know. I think Hacks had to explain it at some point. I was like, why are these people counting randomly? What are they counting? They're counting his toe taps. Um, one time he tapped seven times like, that's a record. <laughs> Anyways, um, after Conley hits his home run in the 10th, they're like doing the parody from Oprah. Like you get a home run and you get a home run. And then <laughs> Fulford comes in and they're kind of like, they're still carrying this on. Like, and you get a home run. Fulford's second pitch hits another no doubter like Rombach and Fulford both hit no doubter home runs. So on 
back to back to back solo home runs. You walk off UConn and sweep them uh, nine to eight. Also worth mentioning that that was Fulford's fifth at bat on the day struck out the first four times. Yeah, I, I believe that's and called took a, a second pitch over the left over the left center. Yeah, it's like a what's that called like the golden sombrero? Golden sombrero. Yeah, that Labar told me that. And yeah. I had to look that up, but that's I'd never seen that before. Gold. And I'd never seen you know, I'm obviously not a big baseball historian, but I can't imagine an inning where a team needed three runs in the bottom of the final inning and all three guys hit singles hit single home runs to end the game. I, I'm sure it's happened at some point and I'm sure someone knows that, but it can't have happened much just in the history of the game, right? This has got to be really rare. I, I know yeah. people hit multiple home runs in innings all the time, but not necessarily the bottom of the 10th when you're down three. So I, I'm going to play you Haxton's call on it. It's 43 seconds. So there are some clips taken from this um, of, of the home runs that you just need to hear. Punched up in the air to left center field. That ball's crushed. Adios, muchacho. So that was Rombach. One more to go. <laughs> 8-7 UConn as Rombach touches the ball with a Romblast. Conley hits it. It's deep. Left fielder back. Adios, muchacho. Back to back. Jacks were tied at Tied at eight in the bottom of the tenth, the pitch. Driven to deep left center field. Are you kidding me? Adios, muchacho. The Raid Raiders walk them off. Back to back to back. Unbelievable. Yep. I love that. I was, I was, um, I had like both arms in the air in my office at work by myself. Just smiling, just grinning like an idiot. It was crazy. This was the craziest, one of the craziest things I've ever listened to. Just as far as I know the stakes weren't super high or anything, but wow, just the timing of it and the fact that Fulford came up on such an awful day <laughs> and knocked it out. Yeah. One thing that you won't see in the stats, Dylan Noisy, one, one was robbed of a home run. The center fielder legit had his glove up and over the fence. Um <sighs> What was it? It was, and it was, it was middle of the game somewhere. And then it was later, much later in the game, he came up again and the center fielder was legit up against the fence and caught another one. So like a combined foot added to both of those home runs or to those hits. And he would have had a two home run day, but you win Monday, you walk it off nine to eight and 10 innings on three solo home runs in the 10th now brings your win streak to 14 straight since losing in Arlington in terms of your home win streak. It's the longest in the country at 23 games. And that stretches all the way back into the second game of the super regionals in 2019, the middle game of that series versus Oklahoma state. You lost that one. And then you won the third game to your last home game in 2019. You won all of your home games in 2020 and all of your home games so far in 2021 to get you to 23 straight at home. Schedule update. They did announce today. They added a 
single midweek game versus New Mexico, April 27th at 6.30. It is sandwiched between the Baylor and Texas Big 12 series. Series is? What's the plural of series is? I think it's a series is. is. <laughs> yeah, that was close. Because um, that one and this week are like, you've got like two weeks where you don't have a midweek game. One is this week. I think you were counting on a spring break, but the players get a little bit of break before you bring in Oklahoma State this weekend, who has also been doing pretty well. Um, I found some interesting stats I want to share with you guys really quickly before we wrap up baseball here. Uh, these are team stats. Texas Tech is currently second in the country in walks earned. So as much as I was kind of railing on the pitchers for striking out for the batters for striking out. They've also worked the second most walks in the country. They're also 20th and batters hit by pitches and they're ninth. <laughs> Does that include this weekend? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and ninth in total on base percentage. So they are putting a lot of guys on base. It is rare that you'll see Texas tech go one, two, three in an inning without getting somebody on the base paths. Um, Defensively, uh, well, no, as to um, the offensive side first, they're they are third in the country and doubles hit, so their slugging percentage is up there pretty good. Uh, getting guys not only on base but in scoring position, eleventh in home runs, which I think they're second in the in Big Twelve right now, behind Oklahoma State, fourth total in runs scored, so they're fourth in total runs scored. In terms of defense, they are third in the country and double plays turn. So they've gotten, when they do get batters on, they're really good at erasing multiple guys at the same time. You had a couple of those plays um, this weekend, especially where you'd catch a UConn runner leaking off the base a little bit too far and have like a line drive smoked right at one of your infielders and they double off the runner behind them. So like, I can't remember exactly who it was, but they were, I mean, Patrick Kelly, not Patrick Parker Kelly at third had a lot of those diving line drive stops. Um, but there were several where it, they, they, they caught a line drive and threw them out. Um, you know, whether it was a first or second, cause they had seen the hit and like that, that's getting through only for a red Raider defender to, to stop it and then double them up behind them. Another defensive play I wanted to point out, there was a play at the plate on Monday that even got reviewed. Um, there was a, a bunt that went back to the pitcher. Um, and I can't remember who, who was on the mound at that time. He basically just scoops the ball back to Braxton Fulford covering home plate with his glove. He just flipped it to him. Fulford grabs it, spins around, tags a runner out. Like I said, it had to go to review. It was that close. Ended up having that uphold, upheld as an out. That was really good. And then Dylan Noisy stole home. He had a straight steal of home. I know. I, I wanted to look up that highlight because I heard it on the radio and I just, I couldn't believe that that had happened. And I, I couldn't picture what it was, but yeah, I need, I need to look that up, but that's definitely worth mentioning. The, the guy can move. Yeah. I'm, I'm, if you look up the Texas Tech baseball Twitter account, I'm sure they're going to have it. And that's for some reason not pulling up for me right now, but. You know, you, you mentioned Oklahoma state, they're 11 and three and one overall. They had a, a tie game 
um, end due to a travel curfew. But those three losses have come in their last four games, including one tonight. They lost uh, in Arlington versus UL Monroe, University of Louisiana Monroe, 6-13. to 13. So coming off of a little skid heading into Lubbock, and, I, you know, you just hate to see it. But, yeah, they dropped a series uh, in Stillwater against Vanderbilt. Of course, that's nothing to sneeze at. Vanderbilt's always good. Lost two to one in that series. But, um, yeah, then lost to UL Monroe tonight. And and they are headed to Lubbock after a one and three skid. Mm, hate to see it. Yeah, just too one bad. of those uh, one of those near home runs for Noisy was in the bottom of the ninth. He was the third out recorded, so that would have been a walk off home run. It's caught at <sighs> the wall. Girton was the pitcher on the mound uh, where he flipped the bunt back to Fulford. That was to record the second out in the ninth. They had runners on the corners, uh, and he bunted it. And he bunted pretty well up the first base line. Uh, Girton ends up making this toss almost on the line. Um, back to Fulford. So Fulford looking up the first baseline to catch the ball spins all the way back around to make the tag. I found the, uh, the audio on the, um, well, it's a video, but of the steal at home, Rombach's at the plate noisy's at third. He had just hit a triple. And from my perspective, when I looked down at uh, J. Bob Thomas, it looked like he was throwing up the stop sign as noisy was hitting second, but he kept going. I was like, did he just run through a stop sign? He was probably telling him to get to third and get down, but. Yeah, maybe anyway. so. He, he, he was apparently very determined uh, to run the bases on this one. He gets the third and three pitches later, you get this. Here comes Dylan Noisy coming home from, from third base and he's safe at the plate. Wow. A ball on a breaking ball to Rombach, and behind the plate, Devaney mishandled the ball, and Dylan Noisy scores, stealing home here in the seventh inning. And that is a true stolen base of home. So this was not like a passed ball. Like, the ball did not get past the catcher. It wasn't a wild pitch. <laughs> yeah. The ball literally was right there on the plate. The catcher was having a hard time receiving it and hanging on to it. The three of them, Romback, Devaney, the catcher for UConn, and Noisy, were all standing there together. Noisy had to step on the plate several times to make sure that it was recorded as a, as a save, but he he was there. The, the catcher didn't gain full possession of that for quite some time. So that game Monday was a lot of fun to be at. Um, I feel a lot better, especially having won all these one-run games coming in to, to Big 12 play. Like you said, Oklahoma State's a little slump, slumping a little bit. You will host them here in Lubbock starting on Friday um, for your typical three-game series, 6.30 on Friday, 2 p.m., Saturday, 2 p.m. on Sunday. If you haven't gotten your ESPN Plus Big 12 Now subscription, this is where you're going to get most of your baseball games. I don't know what you're waiting on. It's five bucks. Go get it for a couple months. Watch all these baseball games because a lot of them this season have been there. So if you haven't been able to get to the games, they've been on ESPN plus Oklahoma state is 20th in the country right now. And first they're they're second in the big 12, I believe. Yes. And and to second on the ESPN plus deal, I think all of the remaining televised games so far are on ESPN plus. 
at least, you know, there's a few that haven't been announced, you know, the Texas game, the OU game, there's no tele, there's no TV uh, slot next to them yet, but I'm sure they'll get picked up from somebody. Yeah. Oklahoma state second in the conference, 11, two and one. They have a one game win streak to year 14, which kind of sounds ridiculous. Baylor on their, their own little win streak of eight games, 10 and four would be third. Then Kansas state kind of a surprise for baseball to be up where they're at. They've got a guy that I think is um, like right up there in terms of home runs with uh, the guy from Oklahoma state and Jace young Texas at fifth TCU six Kansas at seven Oklahoma and West Virginia way too low for as good as we thought they might be at eighth and ninth. Well, in West Virginia ranked number 14th right now. So that's an interesting tidbit. <laughs> and they are last in the conference in baseball standings. All right, let's uh, let's quickly do some football and then um, we'll wrap this thing up with what we learned. John Harris there, who's doing your, your baseball play-by-play for the TV right now with yeah. Mike Gustafson on that call there of Michael Crabtree beating Texas. I don't think our- I'd heard Harris call baseball till this season. Me um, he's, I think he's done a not really nice job. I know that uh, Robert Giovanetti did a few games the, uh, the first, you know, the first couple season or series in Lubbock, but Harris is, yeah, I mean, I've always liked Harris. I think he does a, he does a fine job on basketball and and play by play on football. Let me just say, I'm glad that it's not Chuck Hines. I didn't even know that would be an option. He's, he's done play by play for baseball before. I was like, Oh, that's right. It feels so weird. Yes. He, he's, he's I, part of the crew that does, he's the, the color analyst for the women's basketball team. He's very conversational. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a talker and it's like, I don't know. It's weird. Football. Um, you know, I've been talking the past podcast or two about how spring practice has been started spring football started. I was wrong. Those were uh, off season conditionings, but now spring practice has started. You've had two practices in earnest so far. Um, you had a Matt Wells media availability following the Monday practice session. You can get some of that, the video coverage and uh, some tech football notebook from Seth over on Staking the Plains. Big things to look out for, at least early on here in the spring. Some big time guys you're missing for the spring so far. Linebacker Rico Jeffers, transfer defensive back Malik Dunlap, defensive back slash quarterback hopeful, if you listen to Dan, Xavier <laughs> Martin, 
and running back Xavier White are all out for the spring. And then you've got these, uh, you know, a few guys that have been limited so far. Dawson Deaton, who needs to be playing a big role on the offensive line. J.J. Sparkman, up-and-coming receiver. And then defensive lineman Nelson and Benasor, who was injured late last fall, still making the recovery. So plenty of coverage over there um, on staking the planes from the first practice. There's now been two. Getting closer to the spring game in April, which I know, I know that Michael's ready to go. He he wants to go see it. Oh, sure. I mean, there's nothing, it. nothing shows me more about a team uh, except for when they play each other. That's yeah. when I really get a feel for, for how good a team is. Did you see the video that the Texas tech tech um, Twitter account, Texas tech football Twitter account put out? No, I saw that Rob commented on it, but I didn't click the article. I should have. So it's a, it's one play. It's of. Is it McIver? I can't tell the numbers. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's a touchdown pass, but was the, the great, the, the thumbnail of it is the quarterbacks all lined up. Sonny Cumbie standing right behind him. Like, oh, man, it's a good, it's a good, good sight. Um, it's not Donovan Smith who we can tell is off to the side. It's not Henry Columbia because he's, his hair is on the other side, flown out of his helmet. Um, who does he throw this to? Let's see. Just, yeah, just, just go through it. Just go through it. Play by play. It's just one play. Just one play. Number 19. <laughs> it's Loke Fungi from Midland. So good times. The, the, well, the I'm one, watching it right now. The one play you've seen, uh, you know, video of the dime. Well, that's not too bad. You excited yet? Maybe it was bad coverage. Maybe he just didn't make a good enough move. That's the thing. That's where, that's where you just get, just walk yourself all up and down that plank of, oh man, wow. The red, the red team scored 38 points. Oh, the black wait, team gave up wait. 38 points. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, this sucks. No, this is great. What do I do? But sure. I'm sure I'll be there. SPF 50 and all SPF 50. Uh, let's see. What number is that? Let's see. Let's see. Two. That was Baron Morton. Oh, of course it was. Oh, good. Everybody start your engines. Start them up baby. Uh, cause Tyler Shuck is not on campus just yet. Yep. Yep. All right, Michael, you ready to, to wrap this up with what we learned? I am ready. All right, man. Let's get there. I don't know, sir. I don't know either. It's fantastic work there, Spencer. So <laughs> just decided to roll with it. Going yard. I just a brief update. The lawn is coming back. I love it. I didn't tell you guys about the, the, the mow job I put down on it last week. Um, screen it up, man. Gonna Mine is some. so dead. It is still so dead. I think even my bushes are dead. You, you need my to edges. You need to start putting some water to it. I, I'm, I'm trying to, but I, I, I don't know. The, oh, the we got our fence restained, so I've got, I couldn't water tonight. And yeah, all that kind of stuff. I need to ask you about that later. <laughs> and then <laughs> okay. Little League update has me nervous. We got our schedules. Our first game is a week from tonight, Tuesday night. But you had those scrimmages last week, which you we, we had. We had one scrimmage, and we will have one more on Saturday. We didn't, we didn't practice tonight, but we'll practice Thursday night. We'll see who shows up to that because it's technically spring break for these kids. Then a scrimmage on Saturday. So what has me worried? Remember me talking about this team last year that just 
absolutely demolished us. Yeah. Oh we, no. That's we, who you play. First. We play them first. And, um, uh, I was messing around with this guy the, the coach and I are, are, we're getting along a lot better than we were last season. Uh, obviously after what happened and he, he took it like that, that I was upset with him and his, his coaches or his team. I was like, no, no, we had a rough day. You guys were obviously better. It felt like it was not the right division for your team, but you know, whatever. You can't control that. Actually, they could because it was a blind draft they manipulated and traded for their team. But you know, they <laughs> had the here nor there. <laughs> they 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 put the effort in to do that, so that's on them. Um, and had thirteen players to our five, so uh, getting destroyed twenty one to three was just you know it's in the cards. So, anyways, uh, draft night we were kind of joking around. He was the first guy that came up and wanted to get the guy the the, the seven year old, the really good seven year old that I got. Uh, I was like, man, if you want him, no, that means he must be pretty good. So we've been kind of messaging back and forth. He's like, Hey, I, I, I see that we're playing each other first. He's like, I'm a little worried that we'd be a little rusty coming out of spring break. I was like, don't even, don't, don't, don't even like play dude. <laughs> I'm not ready to, it's too soon, too soon. Cause as much as I was excited about uh, the team I drafted, I have not seen that team at practice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I we've had a couple like there have been three players that we were pretty excited about that they, they've been pretty good for us uh, and then one of our blind hat picks that was the player that was not uh, at tryouts he's been really good for us which is unusual because the guys that don't come to practice or sorry that don't come to the tryouts not usually your better performers they just weren't available that day it's like oh good we got a good one but we have a full team of 12 kids we get maybe eight kids to practice and it's never the same eight kids. So it was like, good. We can't field a team. I can't put together lineups. I can't figure out who to put where on the defense. I'm not worried. Not worried at all. We just play the best team in the the league from last year. First out of the gate. You've got time to figure this out. (laughs) You got a practice and a scrimmage left. So first game next week, then we get rolling man. we got 13 games on the schedule. That'll take us all the way through middle of May. So get ready for more little league updates. I am. I'm thrilled to hear that you're going to be tested right out of the gate. This is just like our red Raiders. They face the gauntlet and then they rattle off 14 straight. I think this is, this is going to be a good thing for your team. It's going to build character. Then y'all are going to water the tree all over everybody else. (laughs) It's going to be great. Uh, the, the only thing I learned this week is that H-E-B, God bless them, not a sponsor of the podcast, unless you know someone who is willing to put us in touch with someone. But anyway, H-E-B sells make your own salsa kits. And one of the ones they sold that my wife found and bought, and I'm really glad she did, was for tomatilla salsa. It's roasted tomatilla salsa. Which I mean, that may sound, that may be redundant. I don't know. Is all tomatilla sal- salsa roasted? I don't think it is. But here's you what you think I know Spanish. <laughs> here's, here's I know what food, it was. But not it, Spanish. it was just a, a little container with, I think, four tomatillas, two jalapenos, some diced onion, and a little bit of cilantro. And then it gave you directions and said basically, you know, roast the tomatillas and the jalapenos on a, at 450 or whatever. And so I fired up the grill and did it on the, over the charcoal. So we did that and then Allison threw it in the blender and 
we added the, the diced onions. The diced onions were supposed to stay in the little metal container it came in on the grill too. So they got a little softer and, and my gosh, man. That sounds fantastic. I don't like green falsas. Was that great. sounds great. It was really good. It was, um, I mean, I like tomatilla salsa. It's not something I seek out so much, but I do like it. And I could not believe that there was how citric it was. There was no lime added, but it kind of tasted like there was lime added. And I know that that was just the tomatillas themselves. And then how roasting them kind of brought out all those juices and everything. And it made a lot of salsa. I mean, it made a big, pretty big jar of it. And we just devoured it. And of course, you know, credit to my wife for, she added a little bit of seasoning here and there, but she said she didn't really add that much. So I think it's a little bit of garlic salt maybe. And of course a little bit of salt and pepper, but she said on the whole, it really didn't need much. It was man. I, it was, it was some good salsa, dude. I'm a child and can't hear that phrase without thinking about Austin powers. I saw you smile as soon as I said it. And I thought, yeah, that was, that was poor phrasing on my part. Preparation H <laughs> does feel good on the whole. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I like the aspect of, of doing it yourself, of, of, of roasting the peppers uh, and put together. So I, was it spicy? No. Um, she took out a, no, that was the one thing I, I would change. I think we would, if it were up to me, I'd added a little bit more of the jalapeno seeds back in mm. because she did kind of peel the jalapenos a little bit because they got really black. I mean, I just like let them sit on the <laughs> right on top of the coals. And so she was like, I'm going to scrape some of that off. And I thought, you know, that's probably a good idea. And so while she was at it, she didn't just throw the entire jalapeno in there. She took some of the seeds and some of the, okay. the, the stems out, but it was so no, it was not hot. It was, it was very mild, but um, I think it could have been hotter pretty easily. I like that. So I'm, it was, it was a great flavor though. The one thing that I, I figured out from HEB is a lot of their store made stuff um, or their store brand stuff has a lot of onion in it, but if you can control it yourself. And I also like the idea of like roasting these peppers yourself. I might have to give that a try. Dude, it took like 10 minutes total to or 15 to do it all. It was about 10 minutes on the grill and then, she threw it in the blender and we were eating salsa in like 15 minutes. <laughs> it was, it was great. That sounds so delicious. All right, Michael, that'll do it for us. We're getting ready for the big tournament Friday, 1245 on TNT. Then your big 12 baseball starts that evening versus Oklahoma state football spring practices underway. Everything's heating up for Texas tech. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. It's true that some things change as we get older. 
But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.